This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your moral off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code STATE OF SAINTS, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0, as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints and Saints fans. Who That Nation? It is Saints game day. The Saints have a primetime matchup tonight. They will be taking on the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. And wow, it seems like it's been a while since we actually seen some Saints football, you know, between the bye and then them having an extra day. Normally, like when you come back from a bye, you play on Sunday. So <laughs> they actually have a primetime game on Monday. So it seems like it is, uh, you know, one of those times where it just seems like Saints football has been gone forever. But now that we're back, we are back and we are ready to talk about some Saints football you know, enough about, you know, what they're going to do in the second half of the season, who's coming back, this, that, and the third. The New Orleans Saints have to go up to Seattle, and they have to take on a Seattle Seahawks team that have one of the loudest venues in the NFL in CenturyLink Field. And um, I know a, a couple people I know that's, uh, you know, going out there. I think uh, Carly uh, from the Who That Nation chat line, I think she's at the game. Uh, she's excited about it. And then you have so many members of the Who That Nation that check out the State of the Saints podcast that have been looking forward to going to this game. I can remember a couple uh, members of the Who That Nation in the offseason were talking about they were going to uh, – they circled this game to go to. So, But there's some storylines coming from both teams. So we're not going to pretend, okay? Uh, the Seattle Seahawks will be playing without Russell Wilson for a couple of weeks. And now, you know, who's going to be starting that game is quarterback Geno Smith. Uh, Geno Smith 
kind of similar story to that of a Jameis Winston minus the, you know, the the starting opportunities. Uh, Jameis had a little bit more starting opportunities than Geno. Geno went out to the Jets, which is a football purgatory and an absolute dumpster fire. And any quarterback that's asked to perform in those type of elements, God bless him. Uh, but Geno Smith has been bouncing around the league as a backup for the last couple of years. And now Geno gets an opportunity to be a starter. Look, I'll be lying to you. I'll be lying to you if I don't, I, I would be telling you that I don't want Geno Smith success. I'm just being dead serious. In this game, not so much. But as far as him being a starter, I wish this man success because, like Jameis, I feel like he got the short end of the stick. Okay. Nobody really was looking at the organization he came from, nobody was looking at, uh, coach after coach, uh, organization, you know, um, coordinator after coordinator when it came to Geno. So I just want to let that be known right now. And he's been having a solid season. I got his stats up right now for the last two games. Uh, he he was uh, ushered into the game due to injury to Russell Wilson against the Rams, and he completed 58% of his passes. He had 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But he bounced back, even though this was a loss uh, against the Steelers. He has 71% completion percentage, 209 yards, one touchdown, and a quarterback rating of 99. So what you see right now is a guy who almost has like the same similar uh, stats of that of a Jameis in the last couple of his games. So Geno Smith is a, is a smart decision maker. Uh, he's a guy that really doesn't turn the ball over at an alarming rate. Uh, he's a guy that gets the ball where it needs to be, and he has a strong arm. Okay, so the Saints are going to have to be ready to take on Geno Smith. I know a lot of people are like, man, we ain't got to play Russell Wilson. Phew. But that has not been an issue for the New Orleans Saints. We all know what it is, folks. We know that the New Orleans Saints defense sometimes can fall asleep when they feel like the quarterback is not up to snuff. Okay. They feel like the guy can't make all the throws or he's a backup or he's not one of those guys who, uh, you know, goes out there and, perform- and performs at a high level consistently. Uh, and Josh, this is live right now. You're live right now. So I just seen that. Yes, I will be answering questions from the Who That Nation. So this show is live. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, it, it, the Saints don't uh, play up to their competition at times. And this could be one of those games in which they fall asleep. And between Geno Smith going out there, throwing the ball all over the place, you know what I'm saying, and putting the ball where it needs to be. Uh, and let's, let's not even pretend, you know what I'm saying, to believe that if Geno keeps the Saints inside this game, the, the crowd won't be a factor. I mean, excuse me, the Seahawks inside the game, that this game would not be a factor. So uh, I expect for the New Orleans Saints to come out uh, with a better game plan. I mean, you have two weeks to examine the tendencies of Geno Smith. You got one full game of Geno Smith uh, playing football, and the, the Saints do really well coming off the bye week. So I expect uh, big things from the New Orleans Saints. I expect for them to put emphasis on the football, uh, running a football uh, with uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, especially if they're going to have some inclement weather. For those that ever been to Seattle, you know it rains uh, quite a bit around this time of the year. I want to say it rains like nine months out of the year. So it's really raining in that area. So I expect for the Saints uh, to be, you know, to be uh, running a football and uh, throwing the ball uh, when necessary. But uh, I did uh, have I have a few clips here that I want to share with you all. Uh, it, it's a little bit about uh, the weather that I just alluded to. And a question was asked to Alvin Kamara about how did he how does he feel about going to uh, Seattle and playing in those type of conditions? And also 
just the the crowd that is in Seattle. Check it out. Me and Teron were talking about it at practice, and he was like, "You played there when it was full." I'm like, "Yeah, bro, we played there two years ago." He was like, "Oh yeah, no, it it was crazy because that week that was the week that was the week after Drew got hurt, and then um, you know Teddy was in there, so I think we was getting to the line, and it was like five seconds left on the clock, and we we you know we had to burn some timeouts and kind of settle down and get our cadence right and get our timing right. But it's a it's a loud place. It's definitely a a football environment to say the least. So, um, you know, we got to be on point with, you know, getting to the huddle, getting the calls in and, and you know, executing our job. It's cool. I don't like I don't like rain. Yeah. <laughs> if it's 40 to 50 and, you know, dry, I'm cool. But, I mean, you know, it's 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 an um, outdoor stadium, so you got to deal with the elements. Whatever it is, We you know, we got to deal with it. But it is definitely football weather. I think that's, that's like a southern thing, yeah. I think. You know, because you talk to dudes on the West Coast, they always got perfect weather. <laughs> they all, and then up north, it's like it's either – Nice or shitty, like <laughs> snowing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's Elvin Kamara keeping it real, like he always does, man. Elvin Kamara uh, gives some of the best interviews, man. You you can tell like it's not a bunch of PR fluff. This is his honest and genuine opinion. So shouts out to him for being so candid and real uh, in his interviews. But yeah, man, I mean Seattle is a loud place to play. It's a loud venue. They they are a blue collar town, you know, that they, they love their team just as much as we love the saints. And, you know, I, I have to believe like when it comes to crowd, you know, I think they're kind of like, you know, the new, new Orleans saints of the, of the Northwest almost, you know, like uh, when it comes to the crowd, you know what I'm saying? Being, being into the game, understanding the role and what they play, uh, which is being loud. Uh, when they put that uh, 12 uh, man flag up, everybody just go crazy. So, yeah, man, they, they take that 12-man thing really, really seriously, and the Saints are going to have to be ready, and they're going to have to uh, quiet down the game, you know, quiet down the crowd in this game if they're going to try to win. But let me go ahead and uh, read some of your comments, and then we'll, we have another clip that I want to share with you all. Uh, but um, I see somebody donated. <laughs> Antifa, uh, thank you very much for the $2. Says, Welcome to Seattle, Saints fans. Buck, buck. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, thank you for the $2 uh pretty political right there but nevertheless thank you for the two dollars and yes uh uh who that nation this show is live so i will be answering some of your questions justin says he loves the background thank you man i appreciate it uh i actually designed this background about 20 minutes ago okay <laughs> so thank you i appreciate that Derek says hit that like button i know y'all know better and it's free yeah Derek, thank you so much for that you know hit the like button if you're enjoying the state of the saints podcast uh chemo is uh getting getting a shout out from mario what's going on mario jerry says shout out to miss carly and who that nation chat line yeah i think she's in seattle um, but i seen on social media andre says who that my people was going on andre uh rose city says uh who that tj was going on man appreciate you for being here stroll down a little bit man thank y'all uh for for chiming in uh let's let's see I feel like this is going to be a boring win for us, but a win is win. Look, a boy ain't nothing boring about no win. I'm sorry. Look, I, I don't care at this particular point. Like, we we nitpicking and we want like big big time plays and we want long runs, but all that stuff equates to six points. I, I'm just being serious. Like, I think we put way too much emphasis on style points, you know. And and, and who's that benefit? That benefits us. Who cares? Like, you sitting at the barbershop. Or you're sitting at the hair salon and, you know, uh, you're at the mall or you're, you're around your friends at a, at a local sports bar or something, whatever you are, and you're talking about sports. And 
your team has more wins than losses, all right? But they say, well, all y'all doing is, is short yardage plays. Well, those short yardage plays are equivalent to success. I don't care. Like, I, I really do not care about how the Saints look, how, you know what I'm saying, or, you know what I'm saying, what, what makes them win, rather there's a field goal, rather there's a deep pass down the field, rather there's a one-yard touchdown run late in the game. I can care less. I don't care about style points. You know, like, I, I don't understand what, what does that benefit. Somebody please help me. Like, what, it puts you on Sports Center? What, it, it makes you uh, what, more of a legitimate offense? No, um, not to me. I mean, Sports Center, that's cool, but people don't care after 10 o'clock. Okay, shout out to Stan Verrett. He does a great job over there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? A good person overall. But once they go off, it's on to the next. There's some more sports coming on, right? Basketball is back, right? So no matter if it's a one-hand snag, uh, you know, toe drag swag in the back of the end zone, it really does not matter. It, it really does not matter. The only thing that matters to me is the Saints win. The only thing that matters to me is the Saints equate, uh, you know, equating enough points and generating enough points to win football games and have enough wins to make the playoffs. I don't care about that stuff, man. I'll leave that to all the aficionados out there that make it seem like arm strength and arm talent is how people win Super Bowls. You win Super Bowls, you make the playoffs by executing as a team, by having a potent offense, you know what I'm saying, a balanced defense, you know what I'm saying, and, and things and, and understanding adjustments when you need to. So all this stuff about points and how many points? Like I don't care about that, man. I just want them to win. That that's all I care about. And I'm and, and uh, uh HSDN. I'm I'm not uh you know what I'm saying I'm not trying to you know you know down what you're saying or anything like that about as far as it being boring. All I'm saying is I just want them to win. I, that's it. I, I don't care about that stuff, man. I just I just want them to win. That's that's just the whole, that's the that's the motive. The motive is winning. Pammy says, uh, love me some AK. Yeah, man. Alvin Kamara, one of the realest uh football players that you're gonna find. And he's a you can tell like he's a genuine person, you know. I think that uh he he don't really even look at himself as a as a superstar, you know what I'm saying? Which he is, you know what I'm saying? He's one of the biggest names in the NFL. And I think what gravitates people to him is his authenticity. Like he's not trying to be like anybody else, he's not trying to be a fraud or phony. Uh he's a free spirit, he loves life, he Marches to the beat of his own drum. And you know what I'm saying? He he don't feel like he, you know, beyond reproach, which, you know, those make for the best superstars. You know, those are the people that that last for a long time. The, the individuals that are men and women, you know, of the people. Saints uh have a repeated history with making unproven quarterbacks uh to look like first battle hall of famers. I won't be surprised if Geno looked like the best quarterback in Seattle history. Reggie, that, that was my biggest concern on opening dialogue. You know, we know that the Saints have a tendency of playing down the competition. And this is something that has been biting them in a you-know-what for I don't know how long. Like, they, they've had these issues where they're supposed to handle their business, but in comes, you know, a Taylor Heineke, uh, in comes a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, in comes a, a broken-down Sam Bradford, uh, here comes a, you know what I'm saying, a, you know, Oh, I don't know. Uh, I won't. I won't disrespect anybody's uh, condition or whatever. I'll just say on and off Kirk Cousins. Okay, I don't. I don't want to use the the B word because some people, people, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, <laughs> people that that are on and off like Kirk Cousins, right? Hey, it, it's always somebody. Case Keenum, 
It's always in big time situations. They let, they let mediocre quarterbacks. They let them look like they Hall of Famers, in which I I, I mean they, they got to play better. They got to play uh, to win a game, and they can't look down on competition, which they have done in the past. Okay, so AK a real one. Let's see, y'all home crowd ain't been the same since uh, that no call game. I will it today. Like people got mad at me for saying that, but it, it's true. It's true, man. The New Orleans Saints, the Superdome has lost its mystique. I mean, people got mad at me for saying that, but it's true. Like, think about some of the biggest games that the Saints have played over the last few years. I'm not talking about those games in which uh, Drew Brees was breaking somebody's record. Like, to me, that wasn't a big game. I'm sorry. Like, it was a big game for Drew, but it it wasn't any type of playoff implications. It, It didn't, you know what I'm saying, make the Saints the number one seed. And it do any of those things. I can think of more times than not when big games are on the line, when the games that actually mattered, you know what I'm saying, them playing in the Superdome did not work. Okay, so I feel like it lost in the mystique. When you talk about the NFC Championship game, I guess you can kind of draw a line, you know, to what happened. You know, you can, but it happened and it lost. Then, you know what I'm saying, you got to think about the Vikings game in a wild card round and they lost. You got to think about the game um, – who did they play? They played somebody else in the Superdome, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, and they lost. They won, two, three, C, respectively. Saints had opportunity to play in the Superdome, and they lost. So, it's lost. It's, honestly, it's lost its mystique for big, you know what I'm saying, big-time moments. Like, when you think about the New England Patriot game on Monday night, right? You know what I'm saying, that Super Bowl year. That was, that was a statement game, right? It's almost, to me, ironically kind of like how it was when the saints played seattle a couple of years back and they played them on monday night football and i mean seattle took the saints to the woodshed but that was the game that showed everybody that the seattle seahawks were for real the game versus the new england patriots that the saints played in that super bowl year showed the nfl world that they were for real uh there's a lot of games in which you know the saints play and they be big time games and lose and the only real true game that I can just think of, uh, you know, I guess you can count that Bears game, that Eagles game that they won in a, in a playoffs. But you think about the game against the San Francisco 49ers, right? You know what I'm saying? When you lost, what, 48 to 46, where the Robbie Gold field goal. You know what I'm saying? Like you had them guys on fourth and two, and George Kittle dragged the, your defense down the field. So to me, I just feel like it, it lost its mystique. It's not like the crowd isn't as loud as it once was. Or is it not like people ain't just as wild and crazy as they once was? I'm just saying the fear that people have by coming into the Superdome is kind of gone. Like people know that they can get a win inside the Superdome. It's kind of similar to that of where the Saints are playing tonight, which is CenturyLink Field. You know what I'm saying? Like people know that they can come into the, you know, come into there and win. They know it. You You know, they know they can win that football game. It's been proven. So the more you get opportunity to watch those teams, and those big-time venues start to lose games, other teams start to look and be like, hey, you know, like, we can do that too. Why not us? So, to me, I, I do feel like the Superdome has lost its mystique. But the way that you get it back, you got to start winning, and winning in big moments. Saints have repeated history of making unproven quarterbacks. I already read that, Reggie. Uh, Josh says, what do you call those backgrounds again, and how much do they cost? Uh, this This – background is called the green screen man <laughs> that's all it is like it's a green screen 
you know, like I can, I can project anything uh, from, you know, behind me. Okay. Like, like this, right? Like I'm chilling in the living room <laughs> or, you know, if I wanted to put the state of saints logo up. All right. So that's all it is. It's just a green screen behind me. When you have a green screen, you can project different images uh, from behind you. Uh, you can design your own images, which I, I did. You know what I'm saying? I, I did that. Uh, I did that graphic right before the show started. So all you need is a green screen. All you need is some some green fabric, or you know, you can order a green screen on Amazon, put it behind you, and you'll be able to project uh, different images off there. So anybody that's wondering, like, how do I get all these different pictures? That's how I do it. TJ, uh, who do you think uh, gets activated from IR for for this week? Well, I mean, Saints already have activated several players, Rosie. They activated Traquan Smith off IR, Will Lutz off IR, Marcus Davenport off IR, Quan Alexander off IR. But the people that's not playing tonight, and I think uh, I want to say uh, HDX uh, asked this question, uh, the injuries uh, for tonight, people that I know for a fact are out, is Peyton Turner, the rookie. Uh, he He's out. Uh, of course, we know Chris Hogan uh, has retired, so he's you know obviously not playing. Uh, you got Taysom Hill, who has uh, suffered a concussion, in which I'm I'm a little bit concerned now because uh, this is I want to say maybe the third concussion I can remember Taysom Hill having. So I'm a little concerned when guys start to get those concussions start to uh, you know grow, you know the amount of concussions they get. But he's out, and also Deontay Harris is out with a hamstring injury. So those are the people that I know for a fact as of right now uh, that are out. As far as like Quan Alexander, Traquan Smith, I haven't heard anything about those guys not playing. So some of the guys that you have off IR, then you had Eric McCoy, uh, Teron Armstead. I don't know if they're playing tonight. Uh, we'll find out later on this evening if we have if some people haven't found out now. Uh, but that's the injury report. There's only uh, Deontay Harris, uh, Taysom Hill, uh, Peyton Turner, uh, and oh, oh yeah, Dwayne Washington also out. So those are the people that I know for a fact, according to Nick Underhill, that are out right now. TJ, after that Giants games, well, we're never going to get caught slipping again. Well, I hope so. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's that that's the key. You know, but I hate to say it, but it shouldn't even have taken that Giants game. This is like a reoccurring thing for the Saints for some apparent reason. Like every single year, like they start playing really good and then they drop a game which they had no business of of losing. I think about that Raiders game, you know, last year on Monday Night Football. Like they had no business losing that football game okay they were better than the raiders okay but what they did was they gave the raiders a glimmer of hope and the team a glimmer of hope they're like man i understand we down we got our, we got these circumstances but my, my my man you know what i'm saying like man we can win this and you get all excited and stuff like that man we can win we can win like man man you you gotta man, you gotta stomp on a, the the competition, man. You can't give them no type of hope. If they're behind the eight ball, just like when the Saints were living out of suitcases and living in hotels, nobody cares. Okay, that's just what it is. If you're down, you're injured. People look at you as a lamb to the slaughter. I hate to be that graphic, but it is what it is. You gotta win these football games. It's hard enough to win the football games when you're going up against a team with all hands on deck. You got to be able to take advantage of games like this because if you don't, then you're going to find yourself on the outside looking in or the postseason. And definitely, this is an NFC opponent right here, okay? So this definitely is a game that you need to win. AFC opponents, I'm not so upset about because, you know, it really matters 
what you know what I'm saying what you do with with it with the NFC, right? That that helps you when it comes to playoff positioning. Now beating AFC teams, it adds to your record, and of course it makes you you know say more appealing for a post a postseason run. But you gotta be able to beat these teams in the NFC, man, because when they start to do the rankings, or if you lose to this team and let's say Seattle starts to get hiding, it's up to you to Seattle, they're gonna get the tiebreaker. So you gotta you gotta win these games. Man, listen, go in Seattle, get a win, and get out of there. I don't care if it's 10 or 7. I don't care if it's one. Me, me personally, I don't care. I just want uh Jameis to be allowed to if we let him throw now, he won't be ready when we need him to throw in a shoe. Well, let me, okay. That, that's, a, that's a good segue right there. Uh, HXDN. Now that's a, that's a nice segue. So speaking of Jameis Winston, I have a clip of Jameis Winston, um, him talking a little bit about some of the things that you just alluded to about, uh, you know, the, the explosive plays and his ability to be able to, uh, you know, be, you know, a top quarterback. Here it is. You know, like my, my biggest thing is that where I get excited for every single week, it's just like, man, it's gonna happen. Like with Coach Payton, like he and and Coach Carmichael and Pete and RC, like I know they're up there dialing some up, man. And Cheney, like they coming up with a masterpiece every single week. But my main goal is I'm not worried about numbers. Like I know I can throw for 500 and eight touchdowns, man. I, I want to get that that W and that win column. And uh, and we've been fortunate to have more wins than losses. And we got to keep it that way. Um, we got to stack some wins, man. So that's what I'm excited for every single week. Like, how how do we win this game, Coach? Like, let me know that. The, the numbers will come uh, and all that good stuff will come with it. So as you can see, man, he's pretty optimistic about it. And, um, you know, I, I, just, I really honestly feel like that kind of stuff takes some time. You know, I, I get why people get upset because maybe you're looking at, you know, some other quarterbacks and they're throwing for all these yards. But, I mean, don't always equate to success. And I just think that as time goes on, he's going to get a little bit more comfortable. And you also have to understand about some of the limitations the Saints have offensively, especially at the wide receiver position. So, well, I mean, you can't force the football in there. You know, if, if guys aren't open, you can't throw the ball to that intended receiver. You know, if they're not open, you can't force the issue because if he does that, then we're going to be mad at him about forcing the ball. So, I think that his decision-making is going to get better. I think that he's going to get more acclimated to the offense. And when you start to get guys that you recognize as you know, some of your star players at receiver back, I think that his numbers are going to reflect that. Okay, so I just think everybody just needs to pump the brakes. I mean, he's doing a really good job to me. I think he's doing a better job than people probably thought he would be doing at this stage and this time of, of the year. Uh, you know, and he's playing some decent football. You know, is He's playing good enough for the Saints to win. You know what I'm saying? He's not putting the Saints behind an eight ball week after week. And I think also this might be beneficial to him as well. It's unfortunate that this happened. But I think that him knowing that he's going to get all of the snaps, right, all of the snaps tonight versus the Seattle Seahawks, I think that's going to be beneficial to him. Because when you start to get in the rhythm, you start to cook, and then all of a sudden here comes Sean Payton bringing in Taysom Hill for a half-bag run, or RPO or some some like that, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it kind of throws off uh, your momentum. So I think that him being the primary, uh, you know, signal caller, you don't have to worry about leaving the field or going and acting as you're gonna be a wide out or something like that. I think it's gonna help him. And honestly, it would not surprise me if this might be the best game 
that uh, Jameis Winston plays as a Saints uh, quarterback. I think this might be the game uh, that a lot of people look at him uh, differently. I don't think that it's going to be one of those games where, you know, he's just going to throw for 400. But I do think that it's probably going to be one of his best games in a Saints uniform. And if you've been looking at Jameis over the last couple of weeks, I mean, his I mean, his passing and his decision-making has improved. And there, and one thing you can say about him also is when he makes certain mistakes, you don't see him really making those mistakes the next week. Like, so that tells me right there that this guy actually cares about, you know, learning and developing and trying to be the best quarterback he can be. You know, at first, you know, in a couple of weeks, you've seen him trying to force the ball, especially with Carolina, right? You know what I'm saying? Trying to force the issue. Next week, you know what I'm saying, you've seen him a little bit more conservative, not trying to force the issue, but also just making better decisions. That is what it takes to be a better quarterback, to learn from your mistakes, you know what I'm saying, to, to you know, be, you know, be open to criticism and become better. He, he's done just that, in my opinion. Uh, some pretty victories. Thank you very much for the $2. Says TJ don't care about us. We feel left out. Well, I'm sorry you feel left out, but I don't care about you, okay? I don't need, I don't need you to look pretty. I just need you to win. That's all I care about. Uh, let's throw down a little bit. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry says, that kind of like what I did uh, with wallpaper on my uh, phone or laptop or tablet. Yeah, yeah, similar to that. All you're doing is, like, you can take a picture from the internet, Google or something like that, images, uh, you know, save it to your computer, and then you can be able to project it behind you. You know, for the most part, it's probably what I do. You know, I find a picture that from the game that we – you know, that we're um, going to see or maybe like a, a photo of something that happened during a game and I just project it behind me. It's, not, it's nothing too complex. It's not like, you know, oh, you just got a whole bunch of pictures. Nah, and it's all it is is just uh, me projecting different photos behind me. So if you have a green screen or get access to one, you can do the same thing. For example, remember uh, Seattle 79 with an old Matt Hasselbeck destroyed the Saints uh, the year after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember that, you know, but <laughs> that was one. Honestly, it's crazy, right? All the different funny anomalies that happen always seem to happen to the Saints, right? The controversial nine call, the the team that has more losses than wins, making the playoffs and getting a home game. You know, the Saints always seem to be the team that always is the guinea pig uh, for different situations like that, right? So, but anyway, yeah, I do agree with you. Um, you know, I mean, Seattle played with a lot of heart out there. They played with a lot of passion. Uh, they had no business uh, beating the Saints, but the Saints were, you know, looking at the seven and nine Seattle Seahawks, and they felt like, well, they shouldn't be in the playoffs anyway. The NFC West is a, tra- a train wreck. And I think it came down to them and the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. And they end up beating the Rams on Sunday night football and to allow them to be in the playoffs. And the Saints probably just overlooked them. We the Super Bowl champions. We just gonna go up in there. And we gonna beat them up. So, um, you know, so that that is uh one of those things that you have to avoid. You have to avoid. Chris Hogan retired. News to me, next man up. Yeah, Chris Hogan decided to retire. Um, look, I, I'm not gonna say that Chris Hogan did absolutely nothing for the Saints. I mean, he did do a few things. Uh, but I mean, look, when when your heart's not in it, it, it just not in it. Right? And you can tell me, you know, for a guy to retire his heart just not in it anymore, you know, and, and it's best for him to leave when he knows that for a fact to be forced into a situation he doesn't want to be in. So, I mean, Chris Hogan, I mean, he has, I want to say two Super Bowl championships. He was, 
He was very instrumental to uh, one of those Super Bowl uh, championships when he had a really good season for the Patriots. Uh, he bounced around the league a couple times, got to sell some good checks. Uh, so, I mean, what are you really playing for? You know, like he got big money for the Jets, you know, above average money for a wide receiver. He got some real good money out there in Carolina. And you got two Super Bowls. So so you're probably never going to get as much money as you got off the Jets or the, or the Panthers. And, you know, you can get a Super Bowl, but it's not a guarantee that you, you know, going to get the Super Bowl this year with the Saints. So, you know, you got to look at your situation and be like, OK, I'll just leave while I'm on top. So congratulations to Chris Hogan. Glad he came up with that decision. Like you said, next man up. And, you know, you got to do what's best for you and your family. Uh, Lattimore is guarded who tonight? Uh, if I'm a better man, I would say he's going to be guarding DK Metcalf. Um, that, that, uh, I think that Tyler Lockett is going to be <laughs> on rather Bradley Roby or Paulson Adebo uh, because Marshawn Lattimore does a really good job with bigger receivers like the Julio's, like the Mike Evans. You know what I'm saying? He's able to hold his own with some of those bigger, large physical receivers. So DK Metcalf, to me, it's probably going to be his assignment. Last time the Saints played him, that's who he shadowed the entire game. He shadowed DK Metcalf. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that that's who, that's who he's going to um, shadow throughout the game. I remember how bad those concussions affect Jared Cook after uh, that big start he had versus the 49ers in 2019. Yeah, man. Look, I, I think that a lot of people don't really pay that much attention to concussions. The NFL doesn't really want you to pay attention to concussions. And – they lying to you if they were to tell you, oh, well, you know, this guy goes in concussion protocol. He have a concussion Saturday. He get a concussion. Well, it's not Saturday, but Sunday. Have a concussion, goes into concussion protocol on Thursday, and he ready to play on Sunday. Miss me with that, okay? Like, the NFL just tries to put those type of things under the rug, sweep it under the rug. But those guys have long-lasting uh, symptoms that can last them for not only the – duration of an NFL season but probably you know what I'm saying for years and even for the rest of their lives so I think a lot of times we have to understand where these guys are coming from me personally I know a lot of people you know don't like Jared Cook say that Jared Cook he, he screwed everything up for us but Jared Cook was not as bad as people made him out to be he was a really good uh tight end you know what I'm saying he, he really was and he, he did some good things for the Saints but, you know, I can understand people talking about him fumbling the football and they can't get over that. We know how, how we are as Saints fans. A guy does something wrong, he carries him for the rest of his life. But I really feel like Jared Cook became a different player when he got hit. Uh, I want to say by Wouzier. If I'm not mistaken, that might be the guy's name. But he's the, the cornerback for the 49ers. I don't think he's there anymore. But all I'm saying is when it came to him catching passes over the middle, I seen a lot of flinching. When I seen guys kind of zeroing in on him, I seen him dropping passes. And maybe that stuff like affected him. And I, I don't think we take that into account because we look at these guys as being larger than life. We got money on the line. We got, uh, you know, reputation on the line as fans. So we don't care about some of the things that these guys are dealing with. Me personally, I think it had a lot to do with this last year with the Saints. I think it had a lot to do with, you know, some of the things that he was doing because, I mean, I went back and I watched him. Before that happened, I mean, the dude was, like, on suicide missions. You know what I'm saying? Like, Drew Brees would throw him a pass between two or three guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, one pass, Eric Reed like, really hit him in the shoulder, whereas his Carolina, he still caught the pass with one hand. But it, it, it's one thing, you know what I'm saying, for those that probably 
play football or even, you know what I'm saying, knock on wood, this doesn't happen to anybody that it hasn't happened to, but even with a car accident, right? You know what I'm saying? If you're driving in a car, you you do this hundreds of times, right? You get in your car, you start it up, you go wherever you need to go, but one day it's just a bad day at the office, somebody hits you, you hit somebody, right? That that can affect you. That can affect the way that you drive. You know what I'm saying? Some people have to go to counseling. Some people have to, uh, you know what I'm saying, go to therapy. And, and you have other people who feel like ain't nothing wrong with me and they try to battle those things within themselves. So we really don't know what's going on. And I, like I said, I'm not trying to give this guy any type of justification. I'm not trying to get you to change your mind about Jared Cook. Whatever you feel about him, that's on you. But all I'm saying is when you go through a situation like that, when you get knocked out cold, okay, or if you get into an accident, you really get your car really gets crushed or, you know what I'm saying? Something like really happens to you that is really drastic. You know what I'm saying? Tragic, I should say. Um, it, it's going to affect you. Okay. Rather you go out here and talk to people or not. I just feel like I seen some flinching when, once that act, once that uh, concussion happened, you don't have to believe me. You know, you can go back and take a look at it, go back and take a look at how he played before and how he played. Wow. You know, there's, there's some highlights out there. There's some highlights and there's some games. Uh, NIP says, uh, but for real, uh, I think the Saints will get things uh, together because Jameis is more of a hands-on learner. Uh, watching was good. Uh, then this year uh, playing what he uh, learned makes it all fall into place. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take some time. You know, you develop as a quarterback. And, you know, I, I think that there's some things that Jameis needed to work on to make himself better. And when you have to break yourself down so to speak man you got to build yourself up and if you're not trying to repeat some of the same habits you had maybe it'll take a little bit time more time than most right so if you had a, a issue with turning the ball over or dealing with fumbles or having fumbleitis you know it's going to take some time for you to develop you know into another player you got to break yourself down you know I, I think about a legendary new york giant running back tiki barber i mean tiki barber coming out of uh, west virginia was a really good running back Problem was he fumbled the ball so much. You know what I'm saying? He had fumbleitis. You know, all of a sudden, you know, it took a running back's coach, you know what I'm saying, to tell him that, you know, he had that funny stance. I know y'all remember him, you know, holding in his hand and, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> as he runs to make sure he doesn't fumble the ball. And with that, he had one of his best seasons statistically, you know, as a giant and as an NFL player. So sometimes it takes you to break yourself down in order to build yourself up. You know, so – I think people are so used to Jameis Winston slinging a ball down the field and knowing that he's capable of throwing for 350 yards. However, how did those 350 yards come? You know, did they come in, you know, efficiency, accuracy? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did those 350 yards come? A lot of them you can honestly probably say that it came because Tampa was losing in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he had to throw his team back into the game. So there's different, there's different scenarios. And if you're winning a football game or if a game is close, you still you still can be able to run your game plan. Right. If you if game get out of hand, then you're going to have to sling the ball all over the place. You got to you have to sling that rock. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just think, I think you have to look at it in uh, different ways. Piano Dean, thank you very much for the five dollars. He says uh, I was able to see a game in a stadium back in 2006 and one of the suites. Uh, let me tell you, it was loud. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially in 2006. Josh uh, also gave $2. Says, uh, you ever going to uh, do a meet and greet? Uh, I mean, I would love to do a meet and greet. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, 
I want to, you know, come, I want to come down to a game, you know, so I can, you know, see everybody, maybe, you know, people that, you know, Saints fans or watch the show. So I might be able to, I might be able to come down to a game. I'm going to try to see if I can come down to a game in New Orleans, uh, you know, by the end of the season. Let's see. Uh, Justin says, I expect the defense to be getting pressure on Geno Smith because Seahawks offensive line has issues. Well, look, uh, Justin, I, I don't really pay attention to what a team lacks in because I, I really don't feel like um, that actually matters when you're going up against a team. Uh, they might have not had as much success before, but we all know that, you know, on any given Sunday, I can remember having the same type of conversation last year against the Raiders. The Raiders had an offensive line that was missed and matched. I remember a couple of years ago when the Vikings had a game, you know, they, they had offensive line issues. They were missing, uh, mixing and matching. So just because their offensive line has not been good don't mean that, you know, the Saints can't be the antidote, okay? We all know that the Saints have not, I repeat, have not been getting much pressure on the quarterbacks. And uh, Geno Smith, you got to be able to get some pressure on him because, once again, he's an accurate guy and, you know, he doesn't make many mistakes. You got to get him off his spot. So, we know that the Saints have been struggling with pass rush. So just because their offensive line isn't good don't mean that they won't play well tonight. Uh, who that uh, Dana says, uh, let me see, will Tony Jones Jr. be playing? No, he's on IR. Uh, if not, do we have a two, run, uh, two running backs since uh, Washington is hurt? Well, my, my guess would be Ty Montgomery. I'm pretty sure Ty Montgomery probably would be uh, the backup running back. Uh, I feel like Ty Montgomery, who serves more as a wide receiver in a regular Saints offense, uh, I think that he's probably going to be serving as a backup. Now, they did get uh, Lamar Miller, um, but I don't know how acclimated he is to the offense right now for him to get some snaps. Maybe something simplistic. Maybe we just need you to run up the gut, okay? <laughs> you just need you to run up the gut. You know what I'm saying? Maybe something like that. But uh, I would, I would, if I was a, a betting man, I would say that uh, Ty Montgomery is going to be uh, the backup quarterback to Alvin um, on tonight. Jay Hall, thank you very much for the four ninety nine. I really do appreciate that. Uh, let's see, TJ uh, in the Steeler game last week, Big Ben. Um, let me see, underthrown two bombs that were open. Hopefully, the Saints will get that chance. Yeah, I mean, look, Big Ben. Uh, one of those individuals I feel like that stayed too long, okay? I, I don't think that Big Ben's heart is still uh, in the game. You know, I think he's just trying to get through the season. I don't feel like the, the Steelers going to make the playoffs based on how Baltimore and how Cincinnati are playing, and then you add in Cleveland. Um, yeah, man, I, I just think that this is probably his last hurrah. And, um, man, it, it's, it, it's hard for a football player to really come to grips with their immortality. Uh, but you should know, you know, you don't, you don't want to be one of those players that people were happy to see you get there and happy to see you leave. Okay. So some people you know, even with, uh, with Drew Brees, right. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people wanted him to come back, but there was a, a vast majority of people who wanted to see him retire. I mean, but we all love Drew. But if Drew would have said, okay, I got a little something left in the tank and tried to give that last bit of what he had, I, I think that more people would feel some uh, a different type of way towards him. So 
he understood that it was time for him to go and ride off into the sunset. And you know what I'm saying? He gave us more positive memories than we can ever even think of. Very, you know, very few negative um, memories. The, the positive uh, memories outweigh, you know, the negative. But I just feel like Big Ben, I don't know who he talked to. I don't know who convinced him to come back. But his heart is really not in it. It is not in it. And I, I can tell. And if, I'm pretty sure still a nation can tell as well. They, they know who uh, Big Ben is when he's balling out. Although Father's Day has already came and, <laughs> and gone, Mike Evans will be celebrating it on Sunday with his uh, dad, a.k.a. Marshawn, <laughs> lock him down, let him move. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he does have a lot of success on him. Does have a lot of success. He just made a big mistake in that game. Uh, talking about Big Ben. I guess we're talking about Big Ben, I assume. Already read that one. Let's see. Mr. Who That All Day says, I'm still ticked about uh, the hit on P.A. Thomas in the 2011 divisional game against the Niners. Yeah, man, the Niners, uh, they have a tendency of taking out some of the Saints' key players, don't they? <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> – I, mean, I, I mean, it ain't funny, but, I mean, it's true. I mean, P.A. Thomas in 2011, uh, you had Drew Brees, all right? You had <laughs> – uh Jared Cook. I mean, they 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 know how to take them out now. They they definitely know how to take them out. They 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 have a they have a a way of always crippling the Saints, and the Saints always end up leaving one strong player, uh, you know, down from you know what they had going up against these guys. So, yeah, that is true though. What impresses me is the fact that Jameis Winston is the best red zone quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I mean above eighty percent. But, you know, people don't pay attention to that type of stuff, man. It's about how many touchdowns you throw, how many interceptions you throw. That only matters when, like, you're having those debates and you're trying to sound like the smartest individual in the room, so you try to bring those type of stats up. Well, look at the red zone efficiency. People don't be talking about that. It's rather how many touchdowns you throw, how many interceptions you throw. But, I mean, that's a very good point. But I want to take this moment to thank the fine folks at Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the state of the saints podcast uh coming soon very very soon uh they will uh launch their body wash uh and deodorant uh line that they have with manscape so you can check it out with all the information online at manscape.com use the promo code state of saints and you will save 20 percent off of your purchase so thank you uh to the fine folks at manscape.com being an official sponsor of the state of the saints podcast now let's get back into it uh salute tj you keep it real well i appreciate that man and uh i want to thank everybody while i'm thinking about this thank you everybody that checks out the replay shows uh unfortunately probably gonna have more replay shows in the future um um, some of you probably already know uh, i took on another uh, position uh at the uh, radio station it's gonna take up a lot more of my time (laughs) so you know and also you know saying just some other projects that i have going on so I still am going to be doing the State of the Saints podcast, but, you know, there's some other things that I have going that's going to, you know, going to take up a little bit more of my time. But I promise you, you know, I'm going to continue to do the State of the Saints podcast. We're going to continue to have content. We're going to continue to talk about the games. Uh, just probably a few more recorded shows in between some of the live shows that we have. Now, this show, if you're watching it now, is live, right? It's live right now if you're just tuning in. Uh, but, you know, I want to make sure that we keep the content rolling. So uh, I appreciate everybody that, that showed love, you know, to your boy and 
you know, gave me congratulations via social media, but I just want to make sure that I try to make uh, the station the best station possible and uh, to, you know, continue to move forward with some of those outside ventures as well. So I'm going to go ahead and stroll down to let's see if I'm missing anybody already read Jay Hall, but let's go to Saint. Saint says, love the channel. One of the best. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Trey Hendrickson is tearing it up in Cincinnati. It's too bad that we couldn't afford him. Well, I, I hate to be the, you know, the person that said, I told you so, but I told you so, you know, like, you know, when we was having these issues about, oh, the Saints need a pass rush. And I was like, man, what about Trey Hendrickson? This was during the time where everybody was talking about Clowney. And boy, did we dodge a bullet when it came to Jadavion Clowney. But anyway, um, everybody wanted Clowney because we felt like what we had wasn't good enough. What we had, like, what that sound like? Every single year, every single year, we go into the offseason talking about what we don't have before these guys even play the game. We looked at the Saints secondary like, man, they need some guys in the secondary. And now it's like they didn't even need to go out there and trade for Bradley Roby. The guys that they had out there were good enough. When it came to the pass rush, we wanted Jadavion Clowney, you know, but we had Trey Hendrickson there the whole entire time who had double-digit sacks. So not surprising to me that, that this guy is, is good. It's not surprising to me at all because he was one of those guys that the Saints did their due diligence on, and this is why the Saints have one of the best front offices in football. Trey Hendrickson getting drafted in the third round had absolutely nothing to do with him being a third-round talent. Trey Hendrickson used to get into trouble, had an attitude problem, and you know what I'm saying? He used to go back and forth with his coaches when he was at Florida Atlantic. And, of course, that type of information will make your, your draft stock drop tremendously. So he fell to the third round and into the lap of the New Orleans Saints. The dude clearly could have easily been a second round or a late first round pick. So not surprising to me that he's doing this in Seattle. I mean, I mean, Seattle, Cincinnati, you know, it's not surprising to me at all because the dude has a high motor, you know, he has a high motor and he doesn't quit. You know, he don't quit on plays. And he's only going to get better once he starts to get, you know, different pass rush moves and stuff. Uh, we have got Devon Zigbo on the roster. Uh, he played a bit last week. Um, yeah, I forgot about Devon Zigbo. You know, yeah, he he's on the roster. T it sounds like you had enjoyed uh, the Bengals game. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. I ain't really watched no football yesterday. <laughs> I'm just being serious. Like I ain't really watched no football. I I, I I didn't. I took the time out, man, to chill with my son. You know what I'm saying? For two weeks. Two Sundays in a row, I had an opportunity to go and, and chill with my son. Me and him, you know what I'm saying? We went outside. You know, I caught, I was watching this show called Arrow. You know what I'm saying? About the Green Arrow with Steve Ramel. I mean, I've been chilling, man. Like, I, I try to, you know, I, I love, you know what I'm saying, football. Don't get me wrong. But, man, family is my top priority. You know what I'm saying? When I get an opportunity to spend time with them and stuff like that, I mean, that's the best time ever. I was able to watch Jackson State on Saturday, you know, them beat the brakes off of Thune Cookman, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but very little football was watched in the Jones household this weekend for two weeks in a row. Last week, last week we went to the pumpkin patch. So now I'm zoned in, man. So I know we're going to be having some games on Sunday and Monday and Thursday from now on, and I'm going to be on it. TJ, why are they not talking about uh, Patrick? Uh, they talking about him, but, you know, Talking about them in whispers, you know what I'm saying? Like they got so much, so much other stuff they need to talk about. Uh, they don't want to talk about Patrick Mahomes throwing an interception in every game he played in this season. They don't want to talk about that. 
You know, they don't want to talk about them nine interceptions he got. But I and, and, and I don't want nobody to get me wrong. I I, I love Patrick Mahomes. Like I, I love watching him play. Don't get me wrong. Like this has absolutely nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes, but it has everything to do with the bias and the hypocrisy of that of some of these mainstream sports media personalities, right? When you up there beating on your chest and talking about, hey, you know what I'm saying? This person is going to be great. This person is going to be great. Then all of a sudden, like, you start to moonwalk back or talk real fast, you know, like, yeah, 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 but he lost me. But anyway, you know, talking all like that and stuff, trying to, man, look, I ain't got no time for that. All I'm saying is call it for how you see it, okay? I don't want to see anybody getting elevated that don't deserve to be elevated, okay? He deserves... Now, don't get me wrong. He deserves, you know, to be the topic of discussion as one of the best quarterbacks in the league because, I mean, he's an MVP, you know, Super Bowl MVP. Really, you know what I'm saying? Like, youngest player to throw for, I want to say, 10,000 yards or something like that. I mean, he, he has all these different accolades. But at the same time, if you're going to raise him up, you have to you have to wonder to yourself what the heck is going on because you're so quick to dismiss some of these other guys that may struggle and you're already putting these guys in a box putting these guys in a, in a well so deep that it's going to be hard for these guys to crawl out of. We talking about Batman. You know what I'm saying? We were trying to get out that big tall well of that prison. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is we, we do these things and then we pretend like the guys that we elevate up when they start struggling, like, Oh, well, you know, they, they, they're going to be okay. No man. Tell it like it is. Okay. If they struggling, let everybody know that they're struggling. That, that's all I'm saying. Man. I just, I just want some, I just want some unbiased press. Right. And, pe- and the thing about it is people don't know how to do that. Like, people don't know how to do that. People don't know how to say these two words. I'm wrong. It, it's, you know, or I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're on you three, you know, like, so I don't understand it. Like, it, it's, it's not a shot to your credibility because here's the thing. It's not like you're an insider or something like that, right? Some people try to be insiders. I just feel like. I, I will never be insider. I, I don't want to be insider. I ain't trying to be an insider. I ain't trying to be none of that stuff because one false story or a couple false stories, nobody starts to believe you. Like nobody cares about what you think. So there's only really two guys out there that, that a lot of people just really look at. That's Ian Rappaport and uh, you know Adam Schefter, right? Yo, but when you talk about like some of these mainstream media people, all you're doing is giving your opinion. You know, and these people act like their opinion is gospel. And when they're wrong, they, I don't know, man, they just get all in their feelings, get super sensitive. Like, that's not how it works, man. All I want is all I want is fair commentary. Give me fair commentary, and I'll be just fine. If Winston loses to Smith, that's a bad look. Well, let me, let me just make this very, very clear to you. Uh, Winston can't lose to Smith because Jameis Winston don't play defense, okay? Geno Smith can't lose to Jameis Winston because Geno Smith don't play defense. So, it's up to these teams to go out here and perform. If Jameis Winston goes out there and he throws, you know what I'm saying, three touchdowns or, you know what I'm saying, for about 275, 300 yards, no interceptions, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that his fault that the team lost? No. You know what I'm saying? So I can't say that. Like, they don't go up against each other. They're going up against each other's respective defense. So if he loses, then he lost because the defense of the Seattle Seahawks, I'm talking Jameis Winston, uh, went out there and they performed well. If Geno goes out there, the defense did enough and played well enough for the Saints to win. Quarterbacks don't play each other. You know, that, that's, that's, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, we have to get out of our mind. 
they're they're the they're the focal points of teams, right? They're supposed to be a phase of the franchise. That's why you know behind me, you know, what I'm saying you see the two quarterbacks, but they don't play against each other. They're teams. Okay, this is not like basketball, right? You know what I'm saying? If you see, I don't know, you see the you no know, LeBron James uh versus Zion Williamson or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Those two, there's an opportunity that they'll be able to guard each other in a game, you know, not in football. TJ, I told you Jameis Winston is a better quarterback. Uh let me see, than Patrick, uh three and four Mahomes. But I don't know about all that now. Nah, bro. Nah. Uh-uh. I ain't about to go that far. No, sir. I ain't about to go that far. No, uh, no, no, no. Patrick Mahomes is a <laughs> is a special athlete, man. He's a a, a, gr- a great quarterback. Great. You know, I can use the word great. He is a great quarterback. Great arm strength. You know what I'm saying? Great arm talent. Like his ability to throw on a run and all these different throws. Look, I ain't about look, I know you're having a down season, but pump your brakes. Right? Pump your brakes here. The dude is not, the dude is not horrible. He one of the best quarterbacks in the league, hand down. I, I can't get down with that. I'm sorry. James show James is gonna have to give me about three or four more years of some good production for me to say that. I'm sorry. Patrick Mahomes, nah, bro. I like Jameis, but Jameis is not better than Patrick Mahomes. Not at this, not at this stage. Saints should have easy win today. There's no such thing as an easy win. <laughs> Buck Skull game. Appreciate you being here, man. It's been a while since I've seen you. Appreciate you being here. There's no such thing as an easy win. Any team can beat any team, no matter what the record is, on any day. Uh, congratulations on your promotion. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. I'm excited about that. Uh, let me see. Saints uh, should easily be four and one. Oh, we choked. Well, yeah, I mean, especially at home, man. You don't lose those type of games at home. You don't lose those type of games at home. Those are the type of games that keep y'all to play off. Uh, keep up the good work. Our team is going to be okay. Let's go, Saints. Who that? Gail, I agree. I'm going to read a few more, then we're going to get up out of here. Tyrone says facts. Chosen says who that? NFC South looking uh, gold division. They always do, man. The Panthers are choking. To say the least, boy, man, how what a difference a few weeks made. First, it was Carolina was like one of the best teams in the league. Now, all of a sudden, like they're imploding. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. The D-line got to get to Geno and get to him consistently. Well, look, I'm not until I see it. <laughs> I'm not going to count on it. OK, I, I just want these uh cornerbacks to be able to guard these guys. I'm not sitting up here thinking that the. uh the Saints uh, defensive line about to eat because I haven't seen it all. I I haven't seen it all season long. Um, it, it, you know they, they male nutrition right now. You know what I'm saying I'm just being honest. They 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 starving right now. They ain't eating. All right, so they're gonna have to find ways to get pressure on this dude. I don't know how they're gonna do it. I don't know how they're gonna put some exotic blitzes together. Maybe a delayed blitz. Maybe they're gonna send Mario Davis or Quine or Pete Warner. But they need to find ways to get these guys. Uh, you know, saying get pressure on Geno Smith, but I haven't seen it, so I don't expect for them to do anything more than what I have seen them do over the last couple of weeks. And they played some very suspect offensive lines, and they can't get pressure on them. So even though Seattle has a very suspect offensive line, what makes them any different than any other of the suspect offensive lines? And yes, you know what I'm saying. I am calling the Saints' uh, defensive line out. I am okay, and I don't feel bad about it. Got to show us something. Pelicans, uh, Nola says, TJ, uh, they don't have a quarterback in the NFL that worth a half a billion dollars a year. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you get that type of money for a reason, man. You know, there's a reason why this man broke the bank. You ain't about to just do that with just anybody. Uh, I had uh, I had told you so uh, moments yours was Trey. Let me see. He said, I had my told you so moments your was Trey. And I had totally agreed with you. That boy is talented. Uh, but mine was Carolina Panthers. Tony, Tony, Tony. It feels so good. Okay, well, I guess you're talking about uh, agreeing with me about Trey Hendrickson take. All right. Uh, yeah, man. I, I I knew he was gonna be good as better than people made him out to be. You know, I don't want to say that I thought he was gonna be all pro that type of stuff, but he does remind me. If he like, I mean, I'm trying to see who he remind me of. We don't like this dude very much, but he reminds me of Junior Gallet. You know what I'm saying? Like he reminds me of Junior Gallet. Junior Gallet wasn't the best. You know, wasn't the best defensive. You know what I'm saying? Like, lineman, I was seeing, he was a linebacker, but, you know, play a 3-4. He wasn't the best pass rush I was seeing, but he had a high motive, right? He had that weird, funny stance where he all his weight down and, you know what I'm saying, explode up. But he was one of those guys, you know what I'm saying, that had a knack of getting to the quarterback. And it was just his pure will to get to him. Another person that he reminds me of is Jared Allen. He has Jared Allen in him. These are guys that didn't give you the best – pass rush moves but what they did was they had high motors and it was hard for you know what i'm saying hard for offensive line to stop them that, that's who trey hendrickson remind me of he, he just he just has this high motor where he just doesn't give up he just constantly plays you know he just constantly constantly just continue to uh push towards the quarterback and eventually it just started happening so that those are two people he kind of favors to me Michael says, uh, and Jameis will never uh, be better, unfortunately. Well, I don't know about he can't get better. I mean, because <laughs> we know that he has the talent to be a good quarterback. It was just the turnovers. We know that he can put up gaudy numbers, right? But I, I look, I, I want to know, that's a real question. I, I hope that everybody, you know what I'm saying, that somebody can give me an answer. What is a good quarterback to you? Like, what? what is it? Like, what makes what makes you believe for those that are skeptical? What makes you believe that Jameis Winston isn't a good quarterback? And what does it take to be a good quarterback? Like, what do you say? Like, does he have to put up 250, 300 yards a game? Do we have to throw for four or five touchdowns? Uh, do we need to lead the league in every statistical category? Like, what does it take to be a good quarterback? Because I think people got the whole good and great question misconstrued you know what i'm saying a statement misconstrued because i think people mistake elite quarterback play with what a good quarterback is you know what i'm saying everybody can't be aaron Rodgers. everybody can't be patrick mahomes everybody can't be tom brady everybody can't be drew Brees. there's a reason why those guys are elevated and mentioned among the best even russell wilson there's a reason why okay so if everybody was on the same playing field, who would we have stand out as being special? Like who? You know what I'm saying? Like who, who we have? Like I think about great quarterbacks, right? Aaron Rodgers, great. Patrick Mahomes, great. Tom Brady, great. Good. Josh Allen, that's good. Dak Prescott, I'm talking about based on this year, good. Uh, Lamar Jackson, good. Kyler Murray, 
know what I'm saying? Like, I need to see a little bit more. But I'll put, based on this year, I'll say he's good. So I'm just wondering to myself, like, what makes a good quarterback? Like, do you need to be super elusive? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and put your, you know what I'm saying? And shake people out their shoes to make them all, make y'all excited like Lamar. Does he need to throw 70 yard bombs on a rope like Josh Allen? Like, what does it take? Because I can tell you, man, the best quarterback or a good quarterback is a quarterback that makes the right decisions, that throws the ball where it needs to be in any circumstances or situations when the team is, you know, when their back is against the wall, that quarterback can go out there and overcome those different circumstances. And based on some of the things that I just mentioned, <clears throat> Jameis Winston has shown that he can do all of those things. The Saints are behind the eight ball when it comes to not really having a top receiver on the team, uh, you know, say offensively. Uh, a guy that's learning a very complex playbook, but yet you see him playing better every single week. You know, so I really don't understand what people like. What, what like? I'm just asking. What do you feel? What does a what does a good quarterback look like? I can tell you what an elite quarterback look like, but I want to know like a suitable quarterback for you. Like, what what quarterback out there right now? Do you say like okay, and they're not a starter right now, right? You know what I'm saying? But you know they'll start, or they couldn't. Yeah, I'll say it. They could be a starter, but who do you look like when you look at solid quarterback play? Give me a name or a demonstration of what a good quarterback is supposed to be that doesn't look like what Jameis is giving you. Jason says people are judging Jameis against two of the greatest quarterbacks the game has seen. If he's not playing up to their standards, people think he's a bust. That is absolutely correct. I have to agree with that. Okay, I don't want to say absolutely correct. But I'm just say I agree with that because there's no right or wrong here. But I agree wholeheartedly with this statement that Jason just put up. I had to put it back on the screen for people that you know didn't realize what he just said. He says people are judging Jameis against two of the greatest quarterbacks the game has ever seen. Uh, if he's not playing up to their standards, people think he's a bust. Absolutely. So you have two quarterbacks. To, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and Tom Brady and Drew Brees, right? One of the guys uh, took his place when he left the team and he went to the other team that that particular quarterback retired from, right? So you got these guys who two of the best quarterbacks uh, of, of the last, you know what I'm saying, 15 years, okay? You have these two quarterbacks in there and you're expecting him to right away come out the gate playing much better than those two guys. I, I just feel like that, you know, you you definitely behind, he's definitely behind the eight ball. And in some cases, like, Jameis will never be anybody, you know what I'm saying, like, who root for the Saints quarterback. It's just what it is. Like, they, you got stubborn people out there. And there's honestly, there's nothing this dude can really do uh, to change their mind, you know what I'm saying, because they already got a thought in the back of their head about this dude. You know, there's nothing he can do about it. And I, I mean, I'm looking at his stats. I see the way that he plays. I'm like, there's nothing like really this god awful that I've seen him do. You know what I'm saying? That just makes it seem like, oh man, he sucks. Like it's just like people just wait for this guy to make a mistake so they can throw something at their TV and walk off. Like it's just it, like he can be good play, good play, good play, and you just sitting up there like this. Good play, good play, good play. Then a bad play. Oh. All that deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just waiting for the, the bottom to drop down, you know what I'm saying? So you can be upset with the dude. Like, it's amazing. I'm like, man, I, I just look at some of the, the things that he does well. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at what he can do well. 
Um, and he and he's doing a good job in a very complex offense. See, I mean, 15 years of consistency we've had. So we ain't really have to worry about the quarterback position. Some of us never had to sit around here and worry about the quarterback position. Once again, if you're 25, you were 10 when Drew Brees came to the Saints, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like that, that's crazy, right? You, you, you were 10 years old. Like, you didn't know nothing about quarterback play and all that kind of stuff there. I mean, Drew Brees has really clouded. Like, think about this. Like, you're almost 30 years old. If you're, if you're 12, you're 27, right? If I'm not mistaken, like, come on, man. Like, if you're 14, like, you almost, like, if you started wide football, like, getting into high school, 14, like, you're almost 30 years old. So, throughout your entire 20s, you had consistent quarterback play. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't had to worry about that. Some of us a little older, 35, 40 years old. Like, we, you know, we, we were like teenagers, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, in our early 20s. Like, we, we, we understand that kind of stuff. We know about the, the quarterbacks of the past, and we understand that it wasn't an easy going. Now, some of y'all was young, and y'all probably remember, like, Aaron Brooks playing. But I don't think y'all, like, old enough to appreciate that. Like, I, I say it all the time. Like, people talk about, like, great quarterbacks. Like, Joe Montana. Like, I wasn't old enough to really appreciate the greatness of Joe Montana. Like, I was born in 1986. So, Joe Montana was still around, but he was at the twilight of his career. Like, I can rem- like I remember him playing for the 49ers, but I can kind of remember him going back and forth with Steve Young and then him going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, there's a few quarterbacks that I can remember from start to finish that I was old enough to appreciate their greatness. One of them is playing right now, Tom Brady. Uh, the other one was Drew Brees. The other one was uh, Peyton Manning. You know what I'm saying? Like, even Brett Favre, I was kind of young. You know what I'm saying? Like, watching him play. You know what I'm saying? He was starting to get older. And, you know, even Aaron Rodgers as of right now. So there's only a few guys. But Drew Brees has clouded the judgment of a lot of people of what quarterback play actually is. Like, we laugh and scoff and that ain't our quarterback when you got teams like the Jets who keep on changing quarterbacks, Dolphins who keep on changing quarterbacks, Denver who keep on changing quarterbacks. But our quarterback system still remains. We have a tendency of forgetting that it's a blessing to have a quarterback that you can go out there and wheel out year after year that plays more games than he misses, who makes better decisions than, than he doesn't, and you know what I'm saying, it makes other people good around him. Other teams don't have that luxury. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's something that I feel that a lot of us aren't realizing. And now that we're basing our judgment, we're basing our judgment on a quarterback we've seen play for 15 years because, in a lot of cases, that's all we know. Like, that's all we know. Like, you you can be the biggest football fan in the world. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to just, uh, and I'll go back to the comments. You can be the biggest football fan in the world. You can watch football, but you will never. Watch more football games from other teams than you do with the Saints. If you're a Saints fan, you will not watch another team's games more than you watch Saints games. So you automatically, you automatically are spoiled and you're automatically bamboozled, okay, by the great the greatness that was Drew Brees. So you watch all these games, 15 years worth of Drew Brees games. Some of you, 10. Some of you, 12. Some of you, less than that. But it was always consistency at the quarterback position. Now, you're not too sure 
And the reason why you're not sure, some of you, not everybody, is because your judgment is clouded by what Drew Brees put on the field. And in it, and, and he gave you all what you feel, what great, good quarterback play is supposed to look like. But we don't realize that <laughs> as good as Drew Brees was, you got quarterbacks over here that, you know, it took them a while to get there because we, for as sorry and as snake bitten as the Saints franchise was, Drew Brees getting off the bus and, and throwing the football and throwing more touchdowns than interceptions automatically, in my opinion, made him the better quarterback. So he already had that going for you. So it was like, man, it's better than what we ever had before. So how, how bad can it get? And then all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, he breaking records? Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute, man. He, he throwing the ball all over the place? Wait a minute. He threw five touchdowns? Like, it, it was like, okay, somebody give you vanilla ice cream. Like, okay, I like vanilla ice cream. Okay, but not only vanilla ice cream, we're going to put some dark chocolate on. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And not only that, we're going to put some sprinkles on that thing. Oh, okay. Oh, no, not only that, we about to put it in this bowl. We're going to turn it into a Sunday. Oh, and I'm not done yet. We're going to put a cherry on top. Now, all of a sudden, like, man, God, dog, man, I thought I would walk up in here. I just thought I was going to get a vanilla ice cream cone. But you up here just gave me a whole Sunday with a cherry on top. That is what I'm saying. Like, Drew Brees was a good, solid quarterback. He became a great quarterback, and he basically exceeded our expectations. He, I mean, you were just happy to have a quarterback that throws more touchdowns than picks. But now you're an all-time great quarterback. I want some more of that. Wait a minute, then what was this Jameis dude throwing more interceptions than touchdowns? Man, what? what? 30 touchdowns? What? what? I ain't used to that. You know, so I don't I don't know, man. <laughs> that's, what, that's all I'm saying. Let's see. Uh, let me see. We need Watson. No, we don't. <laughs> we, we, we do not need Watson. Watson's still a young gun. Well... Yeah, he is, but it is what it is. Let me see. These teenagers love the Lion King. It's amazing how these, they smelling themselves, 13-year-olds <laughs> uh, are totally silent watching this movie. Hmm. That's crazy, you know. But that that's just how it is, though, man. We we want, like, we want consistency, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, like, that consistency sometimes clouds our judgment. Miami wouldn't be making a move unless they had their top lawyers <laughs> looking at the Watson case. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, man. And look, I wish uh, I'm, I wish them all the luck in the world. I mean, I, I find it very ironic. Might make people mad at this, but hey, it's my show. I find it very ironic. There ain't nobody really talking about this dude cases no more. I mean, it's not a profile. I mean, I find it. I find it ironic. I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody can help me out with this. It's not like those allegations aren't still out there. Why in the world are we talking about them now? I don't know. Did somebody throw somebody under the bus? Did they, you know what I'm saying? Did somebody go up in there? Did somebody get blackmailed, framed, bought off? Like, what, what's going on here? Like, what happened? Yeah, I, that's all I want to know. But anyway, Deshaun Washington is an incredible talent. Um, I think that anywhere that he goes, he's going to be a good quarterback. I like Deshaun Watson. I like watching him play. Uh, it's, it's Unfortunate that he's doing, going through all these situations right now. Uh, and, you know, he he's not getting an opportunity to play. And it's even more 
said that everything's so quiet on the home front and he's still not playing. And that goes to show you how, how the world of outrage really works, doesn't it? Right? When it's in your face, oh my God, I'm so upset. Oh, we need to boycott this. We need to boycott that. We need to stop talking about this person, man. We need to take their livelihood away from them. Let's stop it. Then all of a sudden, they ain't getting talked about no more. What happened? You know what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden, watch when Deshaun Watson takes the field. Everybody going to be at the game. Everybody going to be out there with signs up. And I'm just solely outraged. But let's just be real about this. Deshaun Watson is not suspended. Okay? He's just not playing. Right? So where are these protesters at? Where they at? I, I don't hear from them. I don't hear from them. I don't see them. But watch when that dude get a chance to play. Watch if he gets traded to Miami and he becomes a starting quarterback. Oh, that outrage is going to be there again. Man, we need to start caring about stuff, man. Like genuinely caring about stuff. Not talking just so we can have our name in the paper to make us seem more important than we actually are, but to actually legitimately care about stuff. And this is one of the main reasons why. Because this dude is still in the league right now. He ain't get suspended or nothing. He ain't suspended. He, he not supposed to not show up to the game. Nothing like that. He's like the third-string quarterback, and the only reason the Texans have him out there is to kind of, you know, hide him out or whatever. But nobody's saying nothing about this dude. I, I just want to make that perfectly, uh, perfectly clear. Hey, TJ, came in late, but what uh, were the opening topics? Bro, we're just talking about the pregame, and I started answering questions from the Who That Nation. Uh, they want Watson's money. Seems like it. Uh, they were just false accusations because it was real. Why aren't uh, they pressing the issue and the girls that accused him aren't worried about it? So them, I won't say that. So them females cap uh, for some money. Well, first off, man, I don't want to, you know, disrespect any females out there. You know what I'm saying? I, I really don't. Uh, but I do want to say this. Um, I, ju- I just find it ironic that nobody really saying anything about this stuff no more. Uh, I mean, uh, Hurt, pain, embarrassment, shame, fear, that stuff just don't go away overnight, right? And I'm just wondering, like, if it, if if all of this stuff is just, you know, still out there, why ain't nobody talking about it? Like, it's just amazing to me. It, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to put two and two together. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say two plus two and I'm going to let you equal four, right? Quarterback gets big contract quarterback ends up getting mad at organization that he's not involved in a new coaching chain quarterback is upset because the last coach got rid of his best target then you know what I'm saying he gets upset at organization that he wasn't in the room to pick some of the players that comes along quarterback gets mad quarterback feels like the organization don't value his opinion quarterback wants trade then all of a sudden quarterback is accused of rape excuse me i'm sorry i guess you won't supposed to say that word on youtube but it's false in that category he's accused of of sexual harassment all of a sudden you know what i'm saying all this outrage and all you know what i'm saying like people are like where is he gonna go you know the texans are gonna want to trade him where is he gonna go is he gonna go to the jets this is before uh zach wilson got here is he going to go to the 49ers? Is he going to go here, there, everywhere, right? Now, all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, this dude is looked at like the play. And all of a sudden, like, everybody just started to back off. And, you know, like, and all of a sudden, now, it's like you kind of forget about the dude. Like, honestly, you, honestly, if you're not a Texan fan, 
you forget about Deshaun Watson. You definitely remember Deshaun Watson the way that they playing on Sundays. But if you're just a regular casual fan that probably root for another team or just casually watch other NFL games, you forgot about this guy. So that's the only thing I'm saying, folks. It's, it's just very ironic to me that nobody's talking about this anymore. It's not like it didn't happen, right? It's not like it wasn't outraged about it, right? It wasn't like these people didn't go into court, right? So what happened? I mean, what happened? But I guarantee you this, though, once again, if he goes to Miami, if he goes to Miami, there are going to be people out there protesting with signs up. Oh, we, you know, why could you guys do this? Like, what are what them signs at in Houston? What are them signs at across the NFL? And then people will tell you, man, I, I'm, man, I know what's going on in the world. I don't need no... I don't need the media and I don't need nobody to tell me how to think. Okay. But yeah, going to be the same folks when this story shows up on first take or, or, or undisputed or any other ESPN Fox sports show. Well, how outraged we going to be. And then, oh boy, and that's not even talk about Twitter. Oh my goodness. We're going to talk about that. Hey, TJ, uh, I was just listening to the show on Spotify. I just uh, figured out his replay. I thought uh, they, we're alive too, but anyway, uh, still open that Spotify. I appreciate that, man. Thank you, thank you, man. Uh, T, uh, hey, TJ, uh, back in the G, we used to catch everybody <laughs> bullets, especially from the 49ers. They were our rival, also, yeah, in the NFC West. I used uh, to clown the 49er fans, all those championships, and they on a, <laughs> a ball field. Yeah, man, I remember that Candlestick Park, man. They playing, they playing in Candlestick for a long time, but they got their own stadium now, Levi's. Dale says, hello, TJ. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing fine, man. Having a good day. Will the Saints take control in Seattle? I hope so. But let's go ahead and talk about it, man. Now it's finally time before we get up out of here to talk about who uh, is going to win this football game. Who is going to win? Who is going to win the game versus the Saints versus the 49ers? Well, let's go ahead and look at some of these. Uh, we're going to look at some stats here. Uh, the Saints, as of right now, uh, the Saints are ranked 15th uh, in the NFL uh in, in defense you know what i'm saying it points allowed uh they also are ranked unfortunately 22nd in the league uh in pass you know in pass defended now this these numbers are a tad bit misconstrued because a lot of those uh points or a lot of those numbers had to go towards that giants game when the giants put up 700 yards of total offense and as y'all know that the saints don't really allow those many yards especially in the secondary so those numbers are kind of kind of you know flimsy a little bit so i think that we can all, all honestly say if you're looking at the same secondary they're one of the top 10 in the league um the seattle seahawks uh they're ranked at 22 uh in offensive efficiency as of right now uh you know they have geno smith uh he's the backup quarterback right now so he's completing almost uh, almost 70 percent of his passes total uh he had two touchdowns one interceptions in two games uh one against the uh rams and he didn't have any against the steelers but he had a touchdown uh, so who do I think is going to win this football game? Uh, I got the Saints uh, winning this game uh, by a score of 30 uh, to 27. Um, I think that the New Orleans Saints are, are going to win this football game defensively. Uh, I just think that this is going to be uh, one of those games where there is going, you know, it's probably going to be like a little back and forth affair. I, I look for the Seattle Seahawks to really come out and put their best foot forward. They're on a two-game losing streak as of right now, and they're trying to get off the snide. 
Um, I think that they're going to try to give uh, Russell Wilson opportunities. I think that they're going to try to pick on uh, Paulson Adebo. Uh, I think they're going to try to put him on Tyler Lockett. Uh, if I was the Saints, I would try to put Bradley Roby out there, you know what I'm saying, kind of mix it up a little bit because uh, I've seen that uh, Tyler Lockett is like one of those guys that can, man, he can get vertical, man, and uh, you got to be able to run with him. And uh, that has been something that has been a little bit of an Achilles heel uh, for Paulson Adebo. He had a, a little issue with uh, with Tony from the Giants. So I expect for them to try to, you know, air the ball out. I also uh, expect for them to try to run in between the tackles uh, you know, with their with Carson and crew. So I, I do think that this is going to be a, you know, Monday night football game. I think that it's going to be explosive. I think that you also have to put in a dynamic that the Saints really don't know how the Seattle Seahawks are going to approach uh, this football game. And I think it's going to, you know, be an advantage to Seattle. But I do think that the New Orleans Saints are going to win. I think they're going to stay uh, – I think they're going to stay right there with them. I think that a turnover won't surprise me if it's a pick six. Uh, but the Saints are going to try to find ways uh, to get a turnover in this game. Uh, I do feel like Alvin Kamara, uh, they're going to probably zero in on him, uh, especially since the last time Alvin Kamara played in Seattle. I mean, he took over the game. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll was probably showing that tape back, uh, about, you know, and using it as an example of how dynamic and how explosive Alvin Kamara can be. So I expect for them to try to, uh, you know, try to limit him. So to me, this is going to be one of those Kenny Steele's games. I think this is probably going to be one of the best games Kenny Steele's had as a receiver for the Saints. Uh, he's about three weeks into it. Uh, I think the more he's into the Saints offense, the better he's going to get. Uh, don't know if uh, Traquan Smith is going to play tonight. I haven't heard anything otherwise. If he plays, that'll be great. Uh, Callaway, that will free him up to be able to win some of his, you know, some of his matchups. So regardless, um, the New Orleans Saints are uh, going to have to uh, – you know, emphasis, put emphasis on the run. But I do think they're going to try to uh, limit Alvin Kamara uh, and, you know, they're going to try to find ways to try to neutralize him. But I do think the Saints are going to win this game 30 to 27. I think that the Saints are going to win this game on Monday Night Football. Probably not going to be the, the prettiest game in the world. I uh, heard that it was going to rain. Uh, but I do think the Saints are going to get out of the link uh, with a victory. But this has been the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the show. Uh, before you go, please hit that like button. Let everybody know you enjoyed the show. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, and also on the Pigskin Podcast Network. It is also available. Thank you all so much. Enjoy the rest of the day. Get ready for the football game. I'll be back at halftime uh, to talk a little bit about how the game is going so far. And of course, the State of the Saints podcast post game show. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?